Welcome to the Never Stop Getting It podcast, where we take your mind out of reality and have a little fun with life. Here's your hosts, Steve Giroux, Scott Bailey, and John Osimo. All right, Never Stop Getting Nation, we're back with another episode. Not a full house, but either way, we're here and we're here to conquer. So, let's just dive into it. John, how you doing today? I can't be any better than I am right now, just because of where we are with everything that's going on. Springtime is upon us. The NHL and NBA playoffs are here, finally. Uh, the, the baseball season has begun. The flowers are blooming. The nice weather is here. I mean, what else can you really ask for besides being in this part of the country, gorgeous area that we live in, and having all of this entertainment and wildlife and just good feelings among everyone that I that I know of for the most part. So I know that you just wanted me to say a one-word answer there, Steve, but I just didn't feel like a one-word answer right there. I guess that's kind of par for the course, though, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. I mean, an okay or great or something would have been perfect. But all right. You kind of hit the nail on the head, though, but we really want to touch on because we haven't touched on in a little while. So we're going to bring this back old school. we got to hit our sports minute because the teams are just doing – Fucking phenomenal right now. So we got to talk about them. So which one do you want to talk about first, John? Well, since we are in Town here in the Massachusetts, Boston, Northeast, New England area, I think we ought to go straight for who we think has the best chance of bringing a championship back to Boston. And that could either be the Boston Celtics or the Boston Bruins? Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, the best chance. I, oh, you know, the Bruins have just been on a record-setting pace. But I'll tell you what. You think about the all the playoff teams that are playing, and I, I think they're all beatable easily. You know, the Celtics are the only team that really looks like a juggernaut. So that's tough to say. But, I, I mean, I most enjoyed the Bruins this year. Talk about a juggernaut. 60, what, five game, uh, 50, 65 wins. Right. And, and, uh, they have the most points ever scored in any regular season. President's trophy winners, um, most wins of any, of any team in any, in any regular season. And, uh, as you said, juggernauts, they are just poised to, 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 to do very well. Uh, signing of Pasternak as far as the, the Bruins go. But the points. And, um, you know, sixty goals for Pasternak, and and just the the late acquisitions by uh, Don Sweeney and the rest of the brass uh, up there um, on Causeway Street. You know, Cam Neely. I mean, you just got to give uh, all the credit in the world to all of those guys making those decisions because you look at the last uh, ten years of of the Boston Bruins, and and they really have started to spend money in a way that was unlike their identity in in the couple decades before that. And the Jacobs family um, decided to do what they could 
I mean, era was a little different with the salary cap, but they decided we want to make this team something a little bit more than it, than it has been. We're not just here to win and make it to the playoffs. We want to go for deep runs. And I'll tell you, they did do that. They won a cup, and they were in the in the finals another couple of times. But when you think of what could have been a dynasty, you know, with with Bergeron and Martian and, and Chara, you know, still here, Rask at the time. They they really disappointed. They I mean, let's face it, they disappointed in their expectations. But I think that over the last two years, Sweeney and company have done something that they're not used to doing, and 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 that's finding the uh, the players that can fill the holes on that team, so that they are so deep and they are so strong and they are so poised for a deep cup run like we've never seen before, and that's scary. Frankly, because like you said, I mean, NHL hockey, the the hockey playoffs, it, it, is, it is unlike any other professional sport. The the level of play that is increased as a result of the playoffs. And then on top of that, the competition and then the way the puck bounces. And then you add on top of that goalies standing on their head. I mean, you have no idea what's going to go off in the NHL playoffs. Speaking of goalies, dude, we got two lights out goalies. And Linus Olmark, he did have 40 points, right, this season? I mean, uh, 40 wins this season? 40 wins, right. Yeah, so yeah. there's only been two Bruins goalies ever to do that, and the other one was Pete Peters. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't even know who the other one was. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quite the name, though, huh? He really has come out um, and, and just shown why they wanted to go out and get him as a, you know, trade for him. Uh, Linus Olmark has been – Stellar, and then to have another top goalie in the league and swimming like that was just something that we haven't seen when you have that tandem being able to go from game for game, platooning, and 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 then so the so I guess the question is going to be with one game down here in the first round of the playoffs, and the Bruins came out on top, and it wasn't their best performance, not at all, but uh, but but they they got they got the sort of monkey, and I don't say monkey because it's. But they 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 got off the schneid in the fact that they they their expectations are, are are so high, and I'm sure they put all that pressure on themselves to to win here. And 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 what if they had come out in the first round and laid an egg? How bad would that have been? And how bad would that have felt? They got the win under their belt. Linus Ulmark looked spectacular, but they have Jeremy Swayman sitting there waiting. Now, what would you do? Would you do what you've always done? Would you go back? To old Marco, would you decide to switch it up and go go to Swayman next game, or or do you just ride the hot goalie period as what most teams have done here in the in the you know entire history really of the NHL? Not to, to say teams haven't gone back and forth at times, but when it comes to two great goalies being available before one decides to falter, do you decide before that that you're going to go to the other guy like you have throughout the regular season? It's a good question. I mean, I think they ride the hot hand to keep the guy hot. So maybe that's the thing. Because remember the 2019 Bruins, best team in the NHL when COVID hit. And then they had that long layoff, played in the playoffs, boop, kicked right out. So, you know, and Ride the hot hand. I mean, that's that's been our storyline, uh, and it, it doesn't just stop in the last ten years. I mean, there's been some really really tough series, some disappointing teams. I mean, when you have to trade Ray Bork, 
one of the best players to ever play the game because you just couldn't put the pieces around him. Um, when a guy like Cam Neely made it to the to the finals, but but, but couldn't get it done. I mean, the, you know, this is this is what we've dealt with uh, for a long time. And I agree. In 2019 against the Blues, we couldn't finish the job. You know, Game Seven in Boston. And then in 2020, we look poised to be the best team again. And as you said, COVID hit. And then COVID hit, and then all everything got shaken. Oh, so I get the dates mixed up. Yeah. yeah, everything got shaken up because of COVID. Then they played the the um, uh, the playoffs late, very late. That was interesting. It was you know dead heat of summer, and 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 you're starting off a, a you know a sort of a makeshift playoff series in in a bunch of different ways, and how that all worked out. And by the way, the Bruins got porked on that whole situation. They were undeniably the best team in the league. And then when it comes to the the way that they had the format in order to, to, to get the playoff teams, that was not in their favor whatsoever. So that didn't help them out. And then they did. They they did not play well again in, you know, in the playoffs when it came to 2020, that shortened uh, playoff season. So what do you got? How many games do you think it's going to take the Bruins to close this series? Right. So, I mean, they are so good. I definitely think that the Bruins against the Panthers, they're going to, they're going to clean up um, this series. So, you know, and we, and we should go series to series here. So I know I have the Bruins in five only because I want to give the due respect to the Panthers. I think that they are a solid team. They are so strong offensively. Um, I think they led the league in shots on goal throughout the regular season, and I I think they have um, some firepower on offense. And they even they even showed it last night when the when the Bruins were sort of getting pelted there for a little bit. Um, Allmark um, really, you know, decided to take that test and and passed it very well. So I I certainly don't expect. That uh, that the Panthers will give the Bruins too much trouble, but I think it's Bruins in five. What do you have for for what's going to happen in the series? Yeah, I was going to take the gentleman sweep too, but I'll, I'll go with the sweep just yeah. to be different. Yeah, yeah, no, I know the gentleman sweep's going to be there. So yeah, I, and and I tell you, I um, I wouldn't mind them platooning Olmark and Swayman only because they've done it all year, and it seems like that works for them. Um, you know, this has been such an incredible year for them, a historic year, and, and one where everybody on the team feels a certain uh, aspect or, you know, a certain contribution and camaraderie there that you, you might want to do something a little different. I, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. I wouldn't be surprised if they went the traditional path to and just left their best goalie, Allmark, in there until something bad happens, if he really gets hurt, until, you know, he doesn't play well. Well, if you go up three games and none, they're going to pull him. I, but, I would think so, yeah. So let's go to the neighbors, the Celtics. The, the, what the, are you thinking? The green teamers are all out thinking that this is it. And, They're up right uh, now. Did you know that, John? No. They came they, back 48-42 right now. So they uh, – Second quarter. They absolutely blew out the Hawks in a game one and it was a laugher going away. I think at one point they were up 30, whatever. And, you know, they ended fourth up, quarter, they gave it up though. Yeah. They ended up finishing just like what up by 12 or 13 or something, but, um, it went down to seven. The, they are the much better team. They, they ought to take care of the Hawks. They have the talent. They, they were very close last year. They really 
should have beat the Warriors in the finals last mm. year. And in fact, when you think when you think about the games too, the way those games were played, they were they had their chances. I mean, late late in the game, they had their chance. They were up, and they just sort of fell apart, you know. And and it wasn't anything I think that you could put your finger on as to one reason why. It was just a, a compilation of who they are and and maybe their maturity or their experience or something that would just make them not be able to finish the job. Well, I think this year they're much stronger. They're much more poised to to not let that, those opportunities slip away. And I, I do have them going deep. I think that they're they're ready. Um, you know, the coaching change was not, you know, I know Joe Mazzula's done a great job, but um, having that happen, it didn't seem to really phase them too much. And so I think that that may be, have, has helped them with their maturity level. So I, you know, I have them going, uh, you know, definitely deep in the playoffs. And as far as the Hawks go, I think it's a sweep. I go for the the Boston Celtics in a four game sweep of the Hawks in the in the first round of the playoffs. See that one? I think I'm going to take in five only because I know the Celtics can just collapse at any moment. So I don't think they're going to lose the series. I don't even think it's going to be close, but I do think they're going to give up one. That's just their MO. So, yeah, five it is. All right. Well, aside from the Red Sox, before we move on there, I I talked about the time of year it is, and um, I I do think we should just touch briefly on on golf and uh, the Masters. And and, and part of me really likes the storyline here with the Masters, and and with the PGA and Live Golf, only because you brought those guys back together for the first time since really everything kind of went down last year, the year before. A lot of animosity there between the PGA, Live Golf, the the you know the new league, the the players who have who have left PGA to go to Live, bringing them back, and and, and I think everyone wanted what. What everyone wants, which is to see some type of live against PGA, right? Because, I mean, we, you know, you you deal with the same league and there's always been the same format and live came up, came, came in and shook everything up to the, to the point of, wow, this is a lot of money. This is huge. This is, this doesn't even make sense. And, but the, the format, the, this, you know, the style, the way that you think about golf all made you just think about everything differently. And, and to have this situation of really the pinnacle of of golf, and I and I, you know, you can look at all the other major championships, and they're they're great, they're unbelievable, all that stuff. But the Masters is it. The Masters is the king of the major championships. So when you have that stage, and you see PGA versus Live, you just almost wanted it to get there because I think there was a little bit of that going on on, on the viewership side. Like, let, let's get some other storyline in here. Instead, the storyline ended up being Brooks Kepka just implodes. I mean, you know, you don't see some of that like you have seen in the past um, with Greg Norman or something. I mean, it, I'm not saying it was an epic fail like that, but I'm saying that Brooks Kepka had a commanding lead at some points during that tournament where a lot of people turned it off because they were just like, what's, what's the, what am I watching this for? This is Brooks Kepka is going to run away with it. He implodes, you know, it, it, uh, John Rahm was just an unbelievable golfer, you know, his own right. Uh, as far as, uh, the world golfers go, uh, came up and, and, and won it and, and congratulations to him. But I just wanted to see a little bit more, 
competition there, and I really wanted to see a little bit more of the PGA versus Live. It was a great one. I'll tell you, I, I even I watched some of it, and uh, for the same reasons, because Live Golf. I mean, they gave they gave a lot of money to take players away from the PGA. So yeah, it was good. I mean, even Lefty put on a show. He sucked in the beginning, but man, he turned it on at the end. Well, he always he can always do that. And I mean, he he's the uh, what is that? I can't can't remember now. Three or four time Green Jacket uh, champion. So he you know he knows the he knows the course well. And uh, well, they're always making some changes to it. Uh, <laughs> to it, I was watching it with the family. Obviously, Easter weekend and. And I remember saying to the kids, "Oh, by the way, you hear all those birds? They yeah, they pump those bird pump sounds, sounds in, in, yeah. you know, into the broadcast. It's like a video game. Yeah, and and that's always kind of comical when you think about that. Um, but you go outside nowadays, uh, and you know, just because of this time of year, you can hear all the birds out there. Again, we had a, a kind of a, a a quick turnaround from winter to summer, going from uh, snow." to um, 90 plus degrees in the matter of about a week or so um, we're back down into the into the cold again and I know that's this time of year but um, just so much fun to you know to experience springtime uh, not only in New England in in all of America whether it's um, the masters or or just everyone getting out and enjoying the nice weather the golf, the, the the flowers the warmer you know the warmer weather that's that's coming through so uh, can't wait here for the next uh, few months because well, you know this is gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun. Speaking of spring, the Red Sox Fenway Park's opened up. Red Sox got off to a horrible start. They did okay there against uh, Pittsburgh and Detroit. Then they hit Tampa Bay. That wasn't good. No, no, not well. Tampa Bay is just uh, a juggernaut. Hi- hi- history making start of the season there for for Tampa Bay, and and they've become a real rival of ours here in Boston. Yep. I mean, it's it, and it's not just baseball, but you know, hockey, and uh, you know, when you think about Tampa Bay and in all the the great games and the great series and what we've all been through, unbelievable. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to more games like that, and I do think the Red Sox are going to get better here as the as the season wears on. Yeah, this past weekend, we had – it was a busy weekend. Saturday Celtics, and then Monday comes around. Was it Saturday Celtics or Sunday Celtics? Saturday Celtics. Saturday Cel- Celtics, and then Monday comes along. We have the Red Sox against Shohei Otani, the Boston Marathon, and the Bruins' first game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, that being said, the Red Sox, John, right? Now that they, they faced Otani, which was their only loss this weekend, they went three and one. Yep. Yeah. yeah against them. Right. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you? Th- how, how's the season going to pan out? Because it's not looking too bright right now. I think they're seven and nine or eight and nine. Yeah, no, they they haven't started off as well as they had wanted to, and and I think they need to they need to really look at game by game, series to series. I mean, you know, their goal right now is to get back to basics and fundamentals. They didn't go out and make the splash acquisitions that I think a lot of fans really wanted from them. Um, you know, they did sign Devers, and that was huge. I mean, everybody wanted that to happen, and that was major. So, you know, you 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 know, you got some fans back there. And so how are you going to really 
build upon that. You know, uh, you know they they tried to bolster their their pitching staff with maybe some pitchers that were a little bit less known. And when you heard about Chris Sale being quote unquote healthy, you know, I, I don't even know what that means anymore, given his uh, history with us over the last several years. But you were really questioning this pitching staff. What are they going to do? Not only is their starting pitching a question mark, but their bullpen's a question mark. I don't think anyone has any worry around their offense and their hitting. I think that that's solid. What I think you need to focus in on is their pitching. And if they can solidify or stabilize some pitching, I think they'll win more series. I think they'll win more games. I think they'll go on some runs. And you, and I, I think they have the chemistry in the clubhouse with Cora back there, and again Devers being re-signed. I think they could. I think they could kind of take that and run with it. So I, I I foresee them having some bumps in the road, some real pitching problems. But if anything gets stabilized enough, then they can actually right the ship enough to make it interesting. And they they want the fans back. I mean, they need the fans to come back because I think that really helps them as far as their energy and feeling like that they can compete very well in a very competitive uh, league and and a division like they're in. Well, if you want to see a Red Sox game, now's the time because ch- tickets are cheap. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the Red Sox need a freaking catcher. Oh, my God. Their catching sucks. Yeah. Can't hit. Can't catch. Which which we haven't we haven't said that in a while because we've had some really good catches as of late. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about Jason Veritek for two seconds and what he meant to the ball club and, and, and to the fan base. So I I agree with you. They need a lot of help. Uh I don't think that they're 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 done quite yet. I think um as fans, you know, we, we have to be a little bit optimistic, although we are living in Boston and we are realists. We, you know, we we know our sports, and if, if you're not putting in the effort, uh, whether you are a player, a coach, or an owner, or or any of the uh, of the the brass who make decisions, we are going to hold you accountable, and that's what it means to be a Boston sports fan. Yeah. Speaking of which, the Patriots really. <laughs> speaking yeah. of staying neutral. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not they, spending money. They, I think that they did very well by um, bringing back Bill O'Brien as the uh, offensive coordinator, and that was that was job number one, right? From last year, we all know what happened. Horrible. Um, but they needed to put put some more pieces around all those guys and, and bring in more talent, and they failed to do that. So, whether it's Bill Belichick, the the GM, or Robert Kraft. The guy who signs the checks, somebody there has not brought in the players they need. You know, job one was done, and that was done early. Um, the rest, you know, are we, we going to think that the draft is going to help us out? I mean, th- look at the last 10 years, and how much has the draft helped us out in the last 10 years? So I don't have a lot of faith in the draft. I have— Well, the last few drafts have been good. N- not bad. Well, not bad. Look at look at that one year, uh, what was it, 2020, where they picked up Stevenson— uh, yeah. Stevenson, you had uh, Barmore, and you had uh, no, I lost it. But there was another one there. There was three. Of them. And, and again, I'm not saying. I that, mean, you can't hit on all ter- of them. No, I'm not know? saying. That, I'm not saying they were terrible. And, and then last and, year and was have, the two Joneses. They have done better in, as of late. I'm just saying that you, we can't, as an organization, just believe in the draft, especially based on what's happened in the last ten years plus. I I think. We just need to make a few more moves, and we haven't done that yet. Now, the Patriots are really well-known 
for waiting until after the draft, things settle a little bit, somebody who's good, not great, but good, and we can get some bargain uh, flyers on them as far as being able to come back and contribute. So, I, you know, that's that's pretty much par for the course when it comes to the Patriots. But I would have liked to have them to make a much bigger splash here in the offseason, and I'm disappointed as a Patriots fan that they didn't do that. What are you going to do? We just got to sit back because I, I think Belichick likes to do most of his moves after the draft anyway. Fills the spots that he's hoping he can, and then if he can't, he goes and gets him in free agency. So we'll see. But the team right now, where are they going to finish in the East? AFC well, East. the AFC East is uh, the best division in the league. So you're looking at, uh, unless they do something drastic here, they're probably going to finish in last place. Um, that you know, that's where I have my. They and look, they could overachieve. They could surprise us. Uh, they they have, they still have the coaching. They still have some 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 weapons, and you know, they're defensively they've they're they're still very strong. I just I think offensively they're still struggling, and so I wouldn't put them ahead of anyone else in the East right now. Anyone else, given the talent, just the talent. Now you know you got to you got to think about some intangibles there, whether it's ownership. Whether it's coaching, even the Jets right now, you know, we're behind the, the Jets right now. Be, look at the talent. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I still think we're behind the Jets right now. Well, I mean, what do you what do you think? The team hasn't changed really. They're, they're sitting there waiting for Aaron Rodgers. So, and and that's what everyone assumes it, is going to happen. It, so. They assume it's going to happen, but you can't go off of there right now. So, I, no, I would say I, I would say we're ahead of them because we have better coaching. Well, and believe they, it or not, a better quarterback too. When they when they have Aaron Rodgers, though, are, are they going to be better than? Him? I don't know if they're going to get him. No, they're going to get him. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, why does it take it so long? Because this stuff often takes that long. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers here. Remember that the guy is a complete nutbag. He is a nutbag, but somebody wants him. So you think the Packers would be all over? But the Packers are doing holding up. Because they want to get every penny they can for him. I mean, they just signed him not too long ago. Like you said, he's a nutbag, though, for a lot of money, uh, and he's nuts. So you shouldn't be giving away for too much, right? No, it's uh, you know, it's it's an interesting situation. And he's there. old, yeah, but he but he is still very talented. If he and, cares, and as as much as everyone disagrees with some of his decisions and the way he behaves and all that stuff, he still is talented and. Can, and, and you know what? Anybody who moves into a new situation, they are so uncomfortable with with the personnel, with the relationships, with wanting everyone to 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 like them, to to agree with some of the things that they're doing, to to then to 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 really appreciate them as far as what they're doing. So I think that for that reason, when Aaron Rodgers finally signs with the Jets, he's going to be a little bit of a different person and we'll see something change in him, at least for year one. We'll see what happens in year two, but at least for year one, Aaron Rodgers is going to be a little different than he was in Green Bay. All right, the Boston Marathon went through. We want to say congratulations to the Matt Brown Foundation, the Hoyt Foundation, and the Pease Brothers. Guys, great job out there. As always, you just keep killing it. So, Thank you. Thank you for helping out your causes because it's a it's a great gesture to everybody, especially the ones that really need it. So, again, never stop getting it, guys. John, you got anything you want to add? 
Well, it was fun to talk about the sports minute, which obviously went much longer than that minute, and we'll be talking more about that uh, in the coming episodes. Can't wait to get some more compelling guests on to talk to us about Never Stop Getting It. But great to talk to everyone. We love you. We appreciate you as our listeners, and we can't wait to talk to you again soon. So don't forget, never stop getting it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Booyah. Keep it up. And we'll see you old school next week some point. Talk to you later. Never stop getting it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Never Stop Getting It podcast. And join the community on Facebook. Never Stop Getting It. And Twitter at Never Stop Getting It. And of course, NeverStopGettingIt.com. 